the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, let's get on with it. It is Thanksgiving week. Many of you have already started preparing for Thursday. You're uh, baking pies and cakes and all kinds of stuff. I've not started yet. We already had ours. Uh, oh, did you? Yeah, we did it Saturday. This weekend? We did it Saturday, yep. So did you eat plenty? More than plenty, yes. Yeah, okay. Were you, were you miserable? Well, I, I, I had a little bit better self-control than that. I wasn't too miserable, but I... I did manage to get uh, my, my niece baked some baked an apple pie, and so I tried that. And and um, what else did I have? Did you have pumpkin pie? No, I had what? Um, there was something. What else did I try? Oh, oh, banana pudding, of course. They didn't have banana pudding at the first Thanksgiving. <laughs> of course they did. They had pumpkin pie, man. <laughs> they maybe did. Come on. What is it? No pumpkin pie. No pumpkin. No, no banana pudding at the first Thanksgiving. I don't know if I want to go to that one. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, man. I like banana pudding. You like banana pudding? I do like. Okay, banana now pudding. do you like the bananas or do you like the pudding and the wafers? You know, I guess it's just kind of the whole package. Yeah. I guess it's probably one of those sentimental things. I, I grew up eating it, and no, okay. I just kind of like it. So when, is that the only time you have it? Is that Thanksgiving, basically? Yeah, may, may, maybe a church potluck every once in a while, but otherwise. You had to wait till Thanksgiving. Yeah, probably. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't have it too often. But. Did you have yours this weekend? Oh, no, no. Okay. We'll, have, we'll have it Thursday. All right. Yeah, you're we'll like me. Thursday. You're a traditionalist. Yeah, we've got a... Yeah, we'll have some company coming over. I'm sure we'll have pumpkin pie. Gotta have with, co- man, you got to have pumpkin pie. You know, you shouldn't even see the pumpkin pie. It should be buried in whipped cream. <laughs> That's one of the memories of my grandfather that I remember. Funny thing, uh, they would come over to our house for Thanksgiving sometimes, and he was holding a piece of pumpkin pie, and I had the Cool Whip that my wife had made from scratch. Yeah, you go. And put it on there, and I put... I put a scoop on there that just almost covered his pie, and he looked at me and he said, "Another one wouldn't hurt it in." <laughs> That's the truth. Man. I love man. If you're gonna eat pumpkin pie, you got to cover it up with whipped cream. You just got to. And I, I'm not a cool whip kind of guy. I'm I'm the the can of ready whip. You oh, know, kind of, yeah. my so, wife makes it and makes it richer and thicker. So my she, she does she homemade it with the uh, actual uh, whipping, cream. The, the whipping yeah, cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She buys so the sister, whipping cream. And I might do it this it year. Myself, since I got my my mixer now that yeah. I can turn on and it runs itself, I don't have yeah. to be, be so my sister. My sister made a cake that was pretty good. Um, what was it's it? Made with mandarin oranges and pineapple. Oh, that sounds good. And, and whipping cream. Oh, that sounds it good. Was good. Well, it really is good. I bet you it is good. I like I like that kind of stuff. I'm making a an eclair cake as my 
extra. I'll, I'll bring a pumpkin pie. You gotta have pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving, so I'll take a pumpkin pie with me, and then I'll uh, I'm gonna bring that uh, that special cake. And it's really easy. It's just graham crackers, vanilla pudding, and uh, whipped topping mixed together, whipped together. You put the graham crackers on the box uh, at the bottom, and then you put on the the filling, for a better word, then more graham crackers filling, and then cop, uh, cover it up with a uh, can of chocolate frosting. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, it sounds good. It'd make my sugar go all ha- wacky <laughs> again. But uh, on uh, Thanksgiving, you get this cheat, and I'm going to cheat just to be honest. I'm going to tell everybody right now, I'm cheating. Tell my doctor I'm cheating. It's just you can't gotta have your stuff. And then Friday, I'll just I'll have kind of recovered from all the eating I've done, and I'll watch uh, the Razorbacks beat Missouri. What a game it was Saturday! I thought that That's was what gonna, I heard. It was going. I thought it was going to be a close game, and then I um, I sat there and watching it, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, where has this team been? Ole Miss was favored, weren't they? Yeah. And we just crushed, better... we crushed them. I mean, when I I finally turned it off, I couldn't I couldn't take it any longer. I started feeling bad for Ole Miss, <laughs> and that's something. If I start feeling bad for Lane Kippen, you know that uh, you know my heart's breaking over something it shouldn't, because <laughs> I'm not a Lane Kippen fan at all. You know, he went he went to played there at uh, Alabama with Stadman. Then he left there, and he went to, what, the USC. He was there for maybe one season, and he left there. And uh, and then he, he ended up at uh, Hanson Ole Miss. You know, he, mo- he moves around a lot. He don't mind move. If the money's right, he's ready to move. In college football. Yeah, in college football. And, and the money is right in college football for the coaches. By the way, did you, did you happen to see what the final was yesterday for the Kentucky-Gonzaga basketball game they played in gonzaga gonzaga was handling them well in the first half i had to go to bed that's one thing that's the only thing that i don't like about getting up in the morning and and uh, and doing the show i mean i i love doing my radio show but and i gotta start missing missing the games i don't like doing that tonight uh, razorbacks playing against louisville You'll want to see that game. I'm sure it'll be a good one uh, to watch. So I'll be looking forward to that. I'm looking here. I'm finding out the score for you because uh, they were up by about almost 20 when I changed it. And that's not normal for them. All right, what do we got here? Indiana won yesterday. That was all. That's always a good thing. Gonzaga beat Kentucky last night. Number four, Kentucky. Number two, Gonzaga, 88-72. So they took, good, they took care of them. Of course, they were playing in a little cracker box up there in Spokane. You know, <laughs> a little tiny old. They weren't even playing on, on the campus. They're, they're not doing that. This is going to be a there and our kind of thing. They're playing in Spokane this year. They're going to play in Rupp next year. Back to Spokane, back to Rupp. And then the final year, in 2027, I think they said, they're going to play on the campus of Gonzaga. So i got to wait all the way to that to see the, the – got a gym. It holds seven people. 
Uh, no, I don't know. It's got a few more people than that, I'm sure. But the bottom line is, it's big it's, screens outside. It's not very big. You know, let's just put it that way. It's, we, a, it's a little school. You got to give them credit that they are that well. You know, every, we had well. some gyms up in North Arkansas that were really unique. That were built back in the 20s, like in '56 uh, Arkansas. Uh, Big Flat, Arkansas, Fox, Arkansas, up there in the Ozarks. These small schools would have gyms. How the, big? Well, what you would play down on the bottom, and yeah. there'd be walls going all the way around, oh, about then, ten foot and then tall. Open it and up. The bleachers start about ten foot above. Oh, okay. So the bleachers. So everybody above is is setting. Everybody watching is ten feet up above the game itself, looking down mm-hmm. on it, and you've got about two feet pass the line and then you have a wall mm. to run into so if you're going up for a layup pads. they, yeah, put, they pads. put pads all uh, the way around you know, the wall so yeah. if you're going up for a layup you know you're careful you don't go under the rim running flat out because <laughs> you're going to hit a wall <laughs> soon afterwards but yes, i remember sir. playing it's feel like he was playing in a barrel mm-hmm <laughs> There are a couple of places. Not saying that basketball is crazy in Indiana, but it's crazy in Indiana. I mean, the the thing of a basketball in the fall in Indiana is the heartbeat of Indiana. We we love basketball in Indiana. Stock car, dirt stock car racing. Yeah, they do that as well. They got the big one there in Indianapolis. But uh, we played in East Chicago, Indiana, and they, they keep the fans from getting at you. They had a chain link fence all the way around the, the floor. Oh wow! You sat up against the chain link, and then about two foot in front of you was the out of bounds line. I huh. mean, you were you were in a cage. It was like a cage match a cage all the match. time to play them. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was that was crazy. The wigwam was a lot of fun. Couldn't do. I don't. I bet you they don't do that anymore. That's the Highland Indians. I came from Highland, Indiana. We were Highland Trojans. And you go down there to play, and you'd be warming up. You'd be out on the floor warming up. And about 10 minutes before the game start, the princess and the warrior came out. And they sat right in the middle of the floor. And they sat down, and they were all decked out like Indians. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, they, the horn, ah, and everybody goes to their benches, and all of a sudden you hear, <laughs> <laughs> the Tom Toms start playing, and then all the fans. Woo! Oh, it was crazy! It was crazy. Now, now the now the woke crowd won't. Well, oh, they happen. won't let that happen, man. Uh-uh. I bet you they don't do that anymore. I don't even know if Marion, Indiana, has a slamometer anymore. They have, they used to have a bunch of big kids that played for them, and they would dunk the ball all the time. And when they would dunk it, they had a meter at the end, and it would go up like the seven or ten you know <laughs> and it would light up and sirens would go off and it it was uh high school yes this was in wow. high school it was crazy uh indiana at one time had four of the top 10 basketball arena arenas in the united states for wow. high school wow they seated 12 and thirteen thousand people and then they ruined it all by instead of having uh, the the high schools play against each other, uh, didn't matter how big you were, how small you were, when you got to playoffs, everybody played, and it was a single elimination tournament, and uh, that's where the movie Hoosiers comes from, of course, and it was Milan, Indiana, a school of about 120 kids taking on 
Um, I'm trying to think now. It was Northside. I know it's um, Muncie Northside. The Bearcats of Muncie Northside. And that that, uh, school was about 3,000 kids. So those two schools are playing each other. And, and, uh, of course, Milan won on the running the picket fence and making the shot. I knew Johnny Plump, the guy who made the shot. Uh, I'm sure he's passed on, but he. if you go to Broad Ripple, which is right outside of Indianapolis, I, I'm assuming it is still there. I haven't been back to Indy in a long time, uh, but he it used to be Plump's Burgers. He had a burger place that he had opened up, and uh, yeah, great stuff. Great, a lot of history Lovely. in high school basketball. One of my favorite teams uh, in Indiana ba- uh, high school basketball, uh, it was Argyle. Argyle, Indiana. They were the Jeeps. <laughs> the Jeeps. What a name to have. The Jeeps. So, anyways, but they uh, they went three years in a row. They had look in basketball. You only need five players, all right. And if they're good enough, they'll play the whole game, just the way it is. And uh, they they did, and uh, it was a great time. But then they get they used to play. Everybody went in the same tournament. Then they said, "Well, we want to give everybody a chance to win a state championship." And so they they made it to Class A, Class B, Class C, and you were so big on each one. So everybody, everybody had, gets a equity, trophy. Equity, yeah, everybody got a trophy. That's that's exactly the the way it, it worked. But anyway, it destroyed high school. The last game I called in high school basketball, Damon Bailey, some of you who know anything about high school basketball, that name might ring a bell. Damon Bailey went on to play with IU with Bobby Knight. And they played for the state championship there in Indianapolis at the Hoosier Dome. At the Hoosier Dome. And it was packed. So over 17,000 people. I remember sitting there getting ready for the game, and I saw, you know, the, the senators coming in and the congressmen coming in. The governor came in. They had their special place. Everybody was there to see the ball game. Everybody was there to see Damon Bailey. He was the second coming of Larry Bird. And it was it was crazy, absolutely uh-huh. crazy. Never seen that again since they broke it up. And now they have a hard time getting a couple hundred people together to watch a game. It's not the way it used to be, and that's sad. It really is. Ray Kraft, who played with Bobby Plump on that Milan team, uh, he was the deciding vote to break it up and uh, and go to uh, you know different uh, categories. And uh, Bobby Plump would not talk to him ever again. They were the best of friends, but after you voted for that, he said, "Don't even come by the hamburger place anymore. <laughs> Don't even come and see me." I remember showing who uh, uh, we showed uh, uh, Hoosier several years later at Bobby Plum's yeah, in the he parking lot. He would never got a chance to be famous or anything else if he would have just been stuck down in the lower level. Well, he levels, kept saying, huh? "Well, the kids can't win that are on the smaller team." And Bobby Plum said, "You did." <laughs> I'll never forget that when they're ar- they're arguing on my radio show there at WIBC. You did. <laughs> All right, we got to get a break in. Let's do that. Enough. Enough of me remembering Bobby Plump and and Ray Knight and all the rest of the Ray and all the rest of the guys. You know, Pat Davis is your health plan man. He's got a really powerful team. He's got the people that can help you. They can just talk to you on the phone and decide what it is that uh, they need to do for you to make sure 
that you have a custom-built health plan uh, that will take good care of you. No government-controlled subsidies are needed because, number one, that's crazy. Uh, I saw an article over the weekend said that subsidies were being uh, reduced this year on health care plans and that if the government can give you everything, they can take everything away. We've heard that before, right? And it was Jefferson who said that the first time. Uh, Gerald Ford used to say it all the time when he was president. Uh, and the middleman will rob you blind. They'll take the money from you and put it in a, into their insurance company. But with this, that's not the way it works. It's a private health plan that they pay you, you, not the hospital, not the doctor, not the insurance company. They pay you for you to go to the doctor. What you need to do is to get a hold of, of a, your health plan man team. Call or text them at 501-605-6935. Again, it's uh, 501-605-6935. Don't give your money to the health insurance companies. Put it in your own wallet or visit them online, Your Health Plan Man. Back with you, um, I'm sure you've been listening to the uh, stories about these four college kids that were uh, killed out in Idaho. And uh, it's really kind of shocked the nation and kind of rocked them. How do four kids that are at home in, in 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 a house together end up dead, and two other kids that are there in the house as well don't end up dead. They're alive, and they've, they've already cleared them. Uh, they're not uh, considered even people of interest. You know, people say, well, I'd wake up somebody broke into my house and started killing other members of the family. Don't be so sure. Yeah, sometimes I was, I was talking. Hard. I was talking to... to um, Paul and R.D. before the show, uh, my my brother used to hang out in a place called Cal City, which is a little tiny burb next to uh, East Chicago, Indiana, and then you'd go into the suburbs of Chicago. And he was out having a beer, where well, he always did when he was younger, and uh, he, had had, he was having a, con, uh, a conversation with a guy that was there in the bar. And the guy said, i got to get out of here. i got things i got to get done. And he's, my brother said, okay, I'll see you later. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay until about 4 this morning. And uh, this guy left. My, my brother never saw him again until the next day. And there, lo and behold, there he was on the front of the Sun-Times, Chicago Sun-Times, and his name was Richard Speck. Now, if you know anything about serial killers, uh, you know who Richard Speck was. He killed eight nurses uh, in one night killing spree back in 1966. And that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. He broke in, he got in. They don't, they're not still to this day not sure exactly how he got in. But you had all these nurses that were living together and going to school, and he got into the uh, apartment with them, and one he didn't see, and she hid under her bed. And he thought he had all of them, but he, he, he missed one. 
Well, he killed the other eight. Wow. One by one. He stabbed them, strangled them, and uh, bludgeoned them, did not rape them, and... uh, he was just—he uh, was—he was one of the the first serial killers that we know about. Uh, but all these people, did, none of them, none of them put up a fight. None of the women put up a fight. Wow. No screaming, no nothing. Nobody heard anything. And it was, you know, those those what do you got? Uh, duplexes at the houses next to another one. They're right together. And nobody woke up. Nobody woke up. Didn't hear anything. Wow. Didn't know anything had happened. And uh, the girl that uh, was under the bed got out, called the police early the next morning, and the cops got him, found him there at scene. So anyway, uh, just goes to show, you can overpower people. And these people were awake. He, he, I guess he convinced them he wasn't going to hurt them. That's all I can figure. Mm. And uh, he uh, taped their uh, hands behind their backs. And taped uh, their uh, their feet together, their ankles together, and then he killed them one by one. You know, that's awful. Uh, that's and it, it it rocked the nation. I mean, it, that killing rocked the nation because it was all a bunch of young women. Here you have three young women, and you have the boyfriend that was staying overnight, and he got killed while he was there uh, out in Idaho. So. Uh, they know anything about the motive about a motive they don't just, they don't have anything right now we'll talk more about it we well. got to get back after the news we're just talking about the uh, the knife that they believe that was used in the murders out in idaho was uh, like one of the, the knives from the movie rambo and i got a history lesson just now during the break <laughs> it was great i loved it uh i've had the knife makers of uh around here in arkansas some of them are world-renowned knife oh, makers yeah. and uh you he just pulled up already just pulled up one of the original rambo knives how much they want for it now one of the original 100s this is number 51 of 100 is thirteen thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars it was made by james uh, lyle from uh russellville arkansas uh whenever they were making the movie they let uh, knife makers submit a knife to be done in the movie as a promotional thing and uh, i think it's jimmy lyle i'm sorry jimmy lyle from russellville arkansas of the competition won the knife to go in the original in the original movie so uh they still make them uh lyle knives that you can get a replica for only twenty five hundred dollars oh, a replica well, it's one made like it, but it's just not one of the original. It's not 100. the original. So not I, the wonder original. How, I wonder if all 100 originals are still out there. Well, yeah, pro- probably so. Probably people are sitting in somebody's drawer somewhere. Somebody don't even realize yeah, what they got. Yeah, some somebody's collection somewhere. But Arkansas, you know, has a rich history going back, you know, hundred at least a, over a hundred years now what's the other famous knife from arkansas well the arkansas toothpick yeah, yeah of course arkansas toothpick better known as the Bowie knife yeah yeah, yeah the, the Bowie, Bowie knife, knife. Bowie knife. Right. so people would come from kentucky and texas all over to get fighting knives from arkansas yeah, there's, there's still a few buoys have you ever seen a real Bowie knife I don't know if I've ever seen the, the real thing. I don't know. You'll have it's it's kind of like watching Crocodile Dundee. Like a like a small a guy machete. holds up that knife, you know, and he says, 
That's I, not a knife, and he holds up his, and it's like it's looks like a machete. You know, <laughs> I've got an Arkansas toothpick that's about this long. That's made by uh, Vernon Hicks. Vernon Hicks was one of the original uh, knife makers from the you know American Knife Makers Association. Uh, two of them were from Arkansas, from the original group. And Vernon Hicks, I've got an Arkansas toothpick. It comes to a point, and it's about that long. So. Mm-hmm got a big handle on it so yeah knives can knives were a, a, a way of you. life yeah they were a way of life back yeah. in yeah back the in day. the day they they had them strapped down on their leg by their in their boot that's where they had it you didn't yeah. know they had it until it was too late <laughs> yeah in close quarters at life the knife is more dangerous than a gun and you better and a whole it. lot faster than the gun you don't have to load it and cock it or anything so you don't, you don't somebody with a knife is can be uh if very they know dangerous what they're doing. can be very dangerous dangerous in close quarters so you have to take them seriously yeah if they know what they're doing you can also end up very not, you know very dead with your own knife if you don't know what you're doing just like you can end up very dead with your own gun yeah. if you don't know what you're doing you know the knife was like guns i got my first knife in the first grade so i cut myself probably many hundred times yep. through my education mm-hmm. luckily i still have all my eyes and fingers left but uh it's part of growing up in arkansas or in the country is getting your first knife and learning how not to hurt now, yourself. I don't know what they it. call it around here. We used to play uh, when I was a kid. And, and this is when I was about 10, 11 years. Perditti, do you remember Perditti? Did you ever play that? Is that where you throw it at your feet? That's it. Try to see how close you can stick <laughs> how it far, in the ground. How far, <laughs> how far can you stretch out and put yeah. your foot by by the knife and you'd pull it out and then you'd throw it and the other guy had to put yeah. his foot out. Oh, you weren't trying to get as close to your foot as possible. You actually throw it out further and try to stretch to it. Okay. Make the other guy get out, uh, you know. That's but, different from what R.D. was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't what, throw what R- the guy's foot. What, no, what R.D. No. was talking about was probably something we shouldn't tell, tell kids. <laughs> yeah, do, but, yeah. Well, there was the other, the, the other game that you played. It was a drinking game and you put your hand out on the table and you... Dunk, 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 between your fingers. Yeah, between your fingers. Now, I've, I I don't have scars from it, but I've cut <laughs> myself before doing that. That's one of my favorite uh, favorite scenes out of uh, one of the Alien movies. I forget what it is that the the robot gets a hold of it, and he, he puts the guy's hand out on him, dun, 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 brrr, you know, <laughs> around his fingers, and you go, it's pretty good. It's a great, great uh, scene from the movie. All right. So, uh, you know, that's uh, the big story. I mean, that is the big story every, just about everybody's talking about. And isn't it weird that we all talked about, you know, the kids that get killed in the school and all of that. Here we've got four kids, young young people. And I think that's what makes it worse. You cut down in the prime of life and... And, and die, and they don't know who it is. They don't have a clue. They do not. Well, at least what they're saying. I'm sure they know some things about the murder that uh, you know could. Maybe they're not telling us yet. But yeah, the, yeah. They have part, part of it is just the, the the fact that someone was able to do this without a gun. And a lot of times, the narrative is well, you need to take people's guns away because it's it's too dangerous. The real. Well, that's is, the first thing the president said after the. The place out in Colorado Springs, and they shot uh, up that gay bar just over the weekend, too. Uh, Killed five people, wounded eight, I think. First thing the president said, we need to get rid of guns. 
How about putting morals back in the in in your families and no putting God, and putting God put God back? You know, if people wait, believe they're stop, animals, stop. <laughs> you used a bad word. You said God on my show. You're gonna you're gonna trigger somebody out there. Well, they'll just have to be triggered. <laughs> it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the first time. But hey, if people are animals in in the religion of of evolution. If, uh, is taught in our schools. Why do we let the religion of evolution to be taught whenever we don't teach the weaknesses of evolution? All those are lies, and there's no real science behind it. But, uh, hey, this is where you're going. If you take God out of society or out of family, this is what you've got, and you cannot replace it with any authority that will stop it. Because You don't have much when it's all said and done after that. I always said if you believe in that and you're a wholehearted believer in it, then uh, tomorrow morning when you get up, and most of you already had your breakfast, but uh, you know, put it in a bowl and set it down next to your dogs and have breakfast with them because you're just nothing more than another animal is what they'll tell you. Yeah, it's, it's Not sad. true, but it's that's sad, what they'll tell you. If you take that out, then then – Whenever there's killing like that, you know, people don't think it's any different than animals because people don't have a soul and don't have a value. Well, so. that's why they thats why they don't think there's anything wrong with just going out and having, you know, willy-nilly sex and everything. Because you're, <laughs> just, doing, you're just doing – yeah, you're just doing everything that an animal would that's, do. That's the whole reason that uh, they came up with all these theories was trying to get away from – uh, having to live by any morals or by live by any standards, you're right, and have any responsibility. So, if you come up with this theory that that we're just like animals and everybody can behave like an, animals with no consequences, right. but if, if there is a moral standard, then you have to behave. And I, and I think that's. I think you'll find that a lot of these philosophers, when you really pin them down, they'll start to admit that. You don't have to do much research to go back and look at what kind of lives they were living and what they wanted to justify. It was not science that came up with this. It was philosophers that came well, up and, with and it, and not even, science. Even I think even just the theory of evolution, I think part of that may have actually come around as a um, as a philosophical justification for some of the serious racism that was going on back 100, 150 years ago or 200 years ago. They were ago. trying to justify a lot of things that cannot be justified. All right, so here you go from uh, the other killing over the weekend. A gunman entered a Colorado Springs LGBTQ uh, club, immediately began firing with a long rifle uh, Saturday night. It was just before midnight, killing at least five people, injuring 18 Colorado Springs police chief, praising, quote, at least two heroic people inside Club Q, who he said confronted and fought with the uh, suspect and were able to stop the suspect from continuing to kill and harm others. Uh, Fox News reporting that President Biden condemned gun violence and attacks on the LGBTQ community following Saturday's mass shooting at Club Q. Uh, The president acknowledged that, quote, no motive, unquote, had yet been determined in the shooting, but nonetheless, he connected the attack to the mass shooting at the Pulse nightclub in Florida, in Orlando, Florida, six years ago. Immediately, you know, because he's a he's a gun killer. I mean, he's he wants to get rid of guns. Well, you can't justify anybody killing anyone or no. taking anyone's life away from them. And that's another thing. If you go back to 
to uh, God's word. If you go back to the Bible, all men are created equal in God's image, and all people have a soul. So everyone, no matter what, how they live their life, is should have the freedom to live their life any way they see fit. And they should have the right to protect themselves. Right. Exactly. That's, that's the you thing. It's just that why, is it, why does it make sense to Democrats that a very, very tiny percentage of the population goes out goes out and murders people? And so the, the Democrats' solution to this in many cases is, well, let's disarm everybody. Let's disarm everybody that wants to protect themselves. Right. And so what ends up happening is that the vast majority of the people you disarm are people who will never commit murder. No. And, and so you, you Most of them are very law-abiding people. Right. And, and the reality is you, you leave them like sitting ducks. I did a little research a while back um, just to kind of look at what was it like before people had guns? And so I think like during the medieval times, I was looking at it, it's like I think maybe in England the murder rate was – I think maybe over 100 per 100,000 people, which is enormously high. I mean, the murder rate in America, I think, is about 7 per 100,000. And so from what I gather, this was before before they had guns. And so these people were murdering people with knives or rocks or fists or whatever it might be. And when guns come around, it makes it easy for weaker people to defend themselves against strong people. And so... Like, like for instance, a, a person the size of my size and body condition of my mother, she's in her seventies, um, could defend herself against someone like myself. I'm 41 years old, six foot four, 185 pounds. I'm strong. There's no way my mother could defend herself against somebody physically of, of in, in my of my stature and size and strength. But with a handgun, she can easily defend herself. Unless she has an equalizer. Yeah, unless she has an equalizer. So my father always said, if more than one person's going to beat you up, whatever you got that's on the ground around you that you can pick up and can equalize it, get your equalizer. It might be a lunchbox. Yeah. Whatever you can get your hand on. The reality is you said. don't have a responsibility to take a beating. Well, you well, don't. You might be taking one. But you should always be able to get a couple of licks in. That's just the way. They, somebody should bleed with you. That's just but the way. But there's it goes. no responsibility for you to take a beating, and if someone's going to violate you and hurt you, there's no reason to make it an equal fight. All right, got to get a break in. We'll come back. There's more things to talk about. We'll talk about how out. I mean, out of control the border is when we return. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, R.D. Hopper's here, Paul Calvert's here, I'm here. Later on in the show, uh, Hans von Spakowski is going to be on. We're going to talk about uh, should uh, Republicans start uh, making sure that Republicans vote like Democrats do? We'll talk about that. And then uh, Morris, Dick Morris is going to join us in the last half hour of the show today. And we'll be talking uh, to him as well. All that's on its way. But uh, we got to get a break in. Let's do that. And, uh, the folks over at uh, PI Roofing want you to know it's not just about roofing anymore. It's about PI Roofing and Home Solutions. They do both now. They do um, you know work at your house. They do construction. Those jobs that the big construction companies aren't really interested in doing at your home, but that PI Roofing can do uh, in with their great. Uh, 
talented people that they have, and uh, you need some work done in a wall, you need some work done on a deck, they can do all of that work for you. All you have to do is get a hold of them. Call PI Roofing, 707-501-707-3115, or visit them online, piroofing.com. Before we get back to the topics here, let me ask, Artie, what's your favorite uh, menu item during Thanksgiving? Favorite? Boy, that's tough. Uh, <laughs> you like them all, I, I know. I, I, guess, I guess turkey and dressing, just yeah. because that's only you do it one time for Thanksgiving, so it always brings back memories. So right. I guess the turkey and dressing would be my favorite. What about you there, Paul? Mm, yeah, I like dressing pretty well. Um, you know, I like sweet potato casserole pretty there well. There you go. Now, um, do you like it like I make it for my family where they put a bunch of miniature marshmallows on top of it and bake no, it? No, I'm not quite a fan of that. So, <clears throat> just need a cup of brown sugar in there. So my, yeah. my, <laughs> my sister-in-law <laughs> made it this time with oatmeal and um, and coconut on top. Really? It, you it get that out, nice crust good. on yeah. the top? Yeah, that's yeah, good. It turned out pretty good. Um what else is there something that um you like cranberry jelly cranberry you know i'll eat it but i'm not just i mean it's not something that's just so i think my mom actually made some fresh from actual cranberries oh okay and so that's I, good I, th- there was two side by side there was there was that one and then the stuff that came out of the can well yeah and of course i picked the one that was out of the can the, no no i picked the one no <laughs> <laughs> no, I picked the stuff my mom made. But um. there's only one member of my family. It's my son Miles, and he loves jelly cranberries. Yeah. You know, you <laughs> you take the lid off and you pour it out. You you know, <laughs> and it comes out. Knock a but, hole in the bottom yeah, of it so you it'll put it. Yeah, come out. you know, you break the the seal there, and, right. and you put it on the plate, and it still looks like the can. Right. Yeah. Right. So he loves that stuff. Yeah. He takes in. And grabs a big old spoonful of it, and then his knife, and he puts it on his biscuits. Mm-hmm. He likes yeah, he likes it that way. Like jelly, I guess. I don't care for it. And I like I like regular cranberries, like in in rolls and things. I, I don't mm. like cra- jelly cranberries. Yeah, it's it's kind of nasty, nasty stuff. Yeah. A lot of yeah. people like it though. It sells enough of it. I mean, they had cartons upon cartons of it. It's there at Walmart yesterday, out on the end cap. Yeah, it's a tradition. Yeah, you eat it with eat it with something like the dressing or some, or eat it with the bread like that. It's okay. Yeah, something I, I had to grow. I had something had to grow on me. Yeah, I'm. Uh, when it comes to the dressing, I just want turkey gravy on it. Turkey yeah. gravy and dressing. You can give me a big old bowl of that. You know, I'll just sit and eat that. I like it. I like it a lot. And then, I I guess does does the people make it from scratch with when you eat the, um, the dressing the dressing yeah actually my mom made some so there's there's two different types there's the kind that's kind of dry and like cornbread and then there's the type that's kind of almost more like a casserole and my yeah. mom makes the casserole type okay yeah. well i like i like uh, I, I i like it a lot i, I do too i mean yeah but i'm you know, I, I anymore i get it out of the box i mean oh. you, you know you can buy the box stuff i remember when my uh my mother used to make it, and she put boiled eggs in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mom does too. You know, cook boiled eggs and stuff, and put it in. And yep. Good stuff. Sweet, get sweet pickles and chop them up in little pieces and put them mm-hmm. in. I'm not a fan of sweet pickles. You know, as far as that goes, you didn't like jerkins. I do not like sweet pickles. They're just gross. To I me. guess it's because I. I don't know. I was raised as a jerk, so <laughs> having a jerk in it made sense to me. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. It's the sweet pickles are just. Ugh, just I love. 
dill pickles. I, I, I like dill pickles. I'll eat it. I'll eat dill pickles, but by themselves, I I get the big so, bottles of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me yeah. too. So my mom actually found some um, sauerkraut that was dill flavored. So it's really, like, it's like eating shredded pickles almost. It's oh, kind of crispy. That'd and, be all right. Yeah, it I was like, actually pretty I good. I like sauerkraut. Look, my mother. I'll, I'll eat sauerkraut too, but this is actually pretty stinking Yeah, but good my mother's too. my mother's side of the family is, is pure German. Mm. All right, and uh, yeah, that's just strudel and all that stuff. I Man, love I love German all that food, stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, too. me too. There's a restaurant. I can't remember what it's called up there, up north. What's that? Uh, the community up north. Uh, uh, not Vietnam, but uh, the artsy fartsy community. Asylum Springs. No, it's not Eureka Springs. Yeah, Eureka Springs. Eureka going Springs. up there. I like going up there and visiting. There's a there's oh, a couple yeah. of stores up there I like, but there's a, a German restaurant that's up there, and I can't remember the name of it right now. But it's really a good place to mm-hmm. go eat. It's excellent. I go to up up there on the hill, uh, as you know, it's all up mm-hmm. there and back. When you go visit, and I go to I go to the place where they sell all the hot sauces and everything, mm-hmm. and I and and then I go. And the other store I like is the sock store. You can get all, any kind of sock you want. Mm. I still have my Cub socks that I wear <laughs> when the Cubs are having a good year. When they're not, I try to ignore them. <laughs> and for most of my life, it's been ignoring them. To be honest. All right. Uh, Town Hall says in just two years, President Joe Biden has wrecked havoc on the nation's southern border. We're going to talk about this when we come out, uh, come back. Allowing illegal migrants to cross over into the U.S. as they uh, uh, bring drugs and sex traffickers into the country. The Biden administration continues to gaslight America, telling them that the crisis at the border is under control and that they have a plan yet. It seems to be just one of his many Lies. RNC research says 230,678 illegal immigrants were encountered at the border just last month. We'll talk about this when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, we got about a minute. You have some news. We'll have that for you, and then we'll come back and continue. R.D. Hopper is here. Paul Calvert is here. It's Thanksgiving week. It's when you have dreams of turkeys and all kinds of things dancing in your head. We'll come back and talk more about that as well. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show. get back to it going to talk about immigration for a moment by the numbers here you go 230,678 illegal immigrants were encountered at the border last month doesn't mean that they were caught just means they were encountered 
that is a 334% increase from the average number of October encounters under Trump. Uh, Five million illegal immigrants have crossed the border in the last uh, basically two years since border, uh, Biden took office. Look, you, you can, you'll know what they're up to in the Democrat Party when you hear Schumer say that he wants to give uh, citizenship to 11 million, 11 million illegal immigrants. Citizenship, but that's that, that's a problem. I can I could see maybe for realistic re- just for reasons of um, I don't know what do you call it um, expediency. You might give them some sort of a legal status, but giving yeah, them citizenship, visa. giving them citizenship is another is another. Yeah, that's a different a, animal. It is a different animal. Um, I, I think that's that should be kind of our solution for some of the immigration issues is grant a lot of visas, if you will, for work or whatever. But the citizenship should be a lot hard, a much bigger threshold um, because you've got people that are that are um, from a different country, from different countries, and giving them voting status. Yeah, is a they're problem. not they're not just from uh, Mexico, right? Venezuela now, mm-hmm. huge amount of sure. people yeah, coming think, from Venezuela, so. and, and, and and we don't necessarily need them becoming in and to um, infiltrate government policy, which is what happens when they can vote. But, Cuba. But a allowing, lot coming from Cuba. But allowing them to to work is part of the free market system. That's just because as, as the demand for labor increases, you, if you don't allow immigrants to come in to work, then you've, you've got a, um, a vacuum um, of supply and demand issues. Well, sure, you're going to have a lot of people who come over that can get a quick job. Sure. I, I always like to people say, these are jobs that Americans won't take. Well, here's my take on that. All right, you want my take on that? Probably not, but I'll give it to you anyway. <laughs> the bottom line is, if you don't work, neither shall you eat. Exactly. Uh, I don't think. I think if you're healthy, that you can get out in the field and and pick, you know, produce or whatever sure. that they need you to do. If you're not willing to do it, if you're not willing to you do it, starve. you don't. You don't get any kind of, uh, right. you know, uh, food or anything or, or help from the federal government. Or anybody else for that matter. The yeah. reality is I think we have a moral duty to allow people to starve if they refuse to work. Well, if, if you come down to it, there is a legal way to enter this country. And uh, Wait, you have, to respect, the, you have <laughs> to respect the law. I've got friends that— Biden doesn't believe that. There's a legal way of coming into the country? That's exactly right. With no, with no borders, you have no security. If you want to talk about diseases, these people are coming from all over the world from places with diseases that we've never even heard of before. Terry Yamauchi, you guys remember him, passed away a few weeks ago, uh, said that the increase in TB on the border— and increase in other communicable diseases were because of illegals coming here to our country. We've seen it happen right here in Arkansas with the Marshallese up there in northwest Arkansas. Remember the outbreak of uh, measles a couple of years back? That was from the Marshallese oh, up that, there. That, that sort of thing happens. It's been happening for, for centuries. And you can remember some of your history that, that um, some of the um – people from 
um, Europe brought the smallpox. That's why killed. they stopped them before they let them into the country. You know, have you ever seen Ellis Island? Have you ever watched a special on Ellis Island? Maybe a little bit. Where they okay. You know that they had to walk a long way from where they entered into kind of the as, as a lot of us would uh, would say if you've ever been up to you know silver dollar city or or out to disneyland or someplace and you're waiting to get a, a ride on one of the rides and mm-hmm. you're you're in the the cattle thing and mm-hmm. you're you're walking and waiting walking and waiting well they did the same thing when you when you came over from uh, ireland or wherever mm-hmm. you were coming from and uh, they did that so they could observe you to see that you didn't have uh, or didn't display uh, some problems, some sort of respiratory, and that you could be you could be ill. Because one of the things you can kind of bring that out is that you make them exercise a little bit. Yeah, and they would they would be able to identify people who weren't not a hundred percent. And let me tell you, back then, you could get up to the entry, and your whole family. Let's say it was mom and dad and three kids. And the three kids get over, dad gets over, and they started checking on mom, and she's sick. She didn't get in. She didn't go in. That's the way it worked. They had hospitals and places for they people had it, like the, that to, the, to go. treat them, yeah. And, and they would but, give them. But, that's a, but that's see, consumption was huge back then. Also known as tuberculosis. That's, that's right. Now we know it is tuberculosis. And it was a disease. They called it consumption, I think. Because, because it consumed the lungs. It consumed you. Yeah. Yeah, it just, you just, yeah. It, but it was it was one of those kind of progressive diseases that might take, I don't know what, month, years to yeah, kill, kill somebody you. sometimes. And I mean, that Doc Holliday, that's the way he died. Example of. Paid, uh, he, he died. I saw a picture yesterday, broke my heart, uh, McMichaels, who played for the Bears. People know who I'm talking about. And uh, who also wrestled. He's got ALS. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's Yeah, and he's had it. And it consumes you, just like we're talking about. And he's had it for two years now. And I saw a picture of him, as he is now. And it broke my heart. I mean, I'm a, I was a huge Michaels fan. Was Bears? They won. Yeah, not even it's a shadow. A terrible, it's a terrible disease. And he's just a little tiny person now. I mean, it's really, really sad. But uh, I won't say who showed it to me. You would know who it was if I told you who, who showed it to me. But they uh, they had the picture and showed it, and I it did. It broke my heart. Yeah, it's it is sad to see some of these people that were once very strong and now they yeah big men. Mm-hmm. I mean, big men. McMichael's was huge man. He's down lineman. He was tackle. He's big guy, mm-hmm. strong as an ox. Not anymore. Not anymore. Bible's right. All right. Life is look. like a vapor. You're here and then you're gone. Just the way it works. No, no. Jimmy Morrison, of of anything he ever said, he was right about one thing. No one gets out of here alive. That's just the way it is. And uh, you got to deal with that. But uh, and and I hope you deal with it the correct way. Just so you know, I hope you don't die of ALS or some kind of cancer or, or whatever. I hope I hope that I can die in my sleep. That would be the best way. Go to sleep and wake up on the other side. I that would be what, all right. There's, there's a lot of people right now having severe problems at a very early age right now. And uh, there's a lot of research going on. But 
Uh, well, they kept them away from everybody for two years, and now they don't have any immunity to anything. I mean, that's why this this upper respiratory uh, stuff that's going around that everybody's talking about. I, I know in my family, uh, the younger younger ones are the ones that are getting it, mm. and they get it, and then they get over it, and they get it again. Yeah, we've got. Uh, one of my key guys that's been with me, team members that's been with me for a long time, got a daughter, uh, Abby Wilkerson, and uh, she was healthy as she could be Thursday of this week and had a major heart problem uh, Friday, and now oh, she's wow. on life support, oh, 21 years old. Oh, she's no. on an ECMO machine and a, and a heart pump. And uh, they don't know what caused it. Of course, things happen. Time and chance happens to people. But, but uh, thank goodness, you know, we've got the health care system that we've got. And uh, they're doing all they can for But it seems to be right now that there's a lot of young people having serious health issues. It seems like it's more than more than usual and i hope they do research and find out what's causing it but, i uh, think a lot we'll of it has to, has to do with prayers. they just uh they were kept away from crowds and everything and now they're back in crowds again and they're they're finding they don't have the immunity that a lot of people have had over the years because that's what being around people does for yeah. you this so-called covid vaccine that they've got out they don't know what the long-term effects is of the covid vaccine is going to be and i hope and pray that it's not w- widespread whatever it is but uh it was rushed and there wasn't a lot of studies done but there may be repercussions i hope not and pray that it's not but whenever you start seeing things like this it makes you wonder now, but, there, but there have been people that have had trouble like that all, all along it, but but it may very well be that there's a significant increase on that yeah we just hey we learn things from statistics you know right. there, there is a truth and there is statistics you know <laughs> the democrats don't like to talk about them but if you're going to do manage something you have to have real data and, and figures uh, don't lie but liars exactly figure. right and it's the old saying that's exactly right but hopefully we'll learn something what's going on and hopefully we'll find out what it is and, and correct it but uh it seems like uh, there's going to be some information coming out in the next few years you know we'll we'll learn what the long-term effects of both the the disease and the cure vaccine maybe 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 we'll learn it but the the thing is though that we've also got people involved who are self-interested and they may not want you to have that's that's what we have and so that's that's part of the problem when you get government involved with things is that sometimes government officials themselves are very corrupt and they they are not willing to take the fall Sometimes or take, take responsibility for that for the decisions they've made and they may have they may have acted in good faith at the time uh, on bad information um but they made a bad decision to hurt people well sometimes you, so you, you need to take responsibility for what you did and learn from it yeah that. all right so yeah what was the name of this young lady? Abby Wilkerson. Abby Wilkerson. Her so say a prayer for Abby today. Def- definitely say a prayer for Abby and her family and, and hope that the doctor, she's got a team of doctors at St. Vincent's that's working very hard to, to get her through what she's going through, but she's 21 years old and and having to, to deal with uh, being on life support right now, and they don't even know what caused it. But, uh, I think she's actually anyway. on like a heart and lung machine right now. Yeah, uh, ECMO actually takes your 
blood i'm learning i'm not a doctor takes your blood out of your body and, and infuses oxygen into mm-hmm. your blood and puts it back in oh, it wow. breaks down your blood you can't do that long term but they but do that short term and she's on a heart pump so wow. uh, they'll be taking that's her like, off of one thing at a time this week and seeing how she does but uh, wow. we'll that's, definitely need to keep her and her family we'll be praying for her absolutely serious. we'll be praying wow. about that for her all right, East End Towing wants you to know uh, no matter what automobile you're in, you could be in a regular car, you could be in a big old pickup truck with all-wheel drive, you could be uh, driving in one of those big old, uh, uh, I don't know, campers that you pull your car behind, whatever, and you, it breaks down and you're on the side of the highway. Well, you want to make sure that whoever comes to uh, you know move you off the side of the highway takes you where you want to be done. I mean, if, if it breaks down here in the, the very general area that we live in, uh, they'll make sure, let's say you want to go to Joe's Garage, they'll take it to Joe's Garage. You want to go to Ducks, they'll send you to Ducks, or if you have some place else you want to go, uh, they'll take you there and make sure that your car is going to be worked on in those areas. But uh, East End Towing knows uh, the situations you find yourself in, I mean, uh, I was talking to Duck uh, a little over a couple of weeks ago, and uh, somebody was driving one of those big old campers, and the, the transaxle broke. And so they had to pull them off the side of the road. They had, to, they had to haul them in. And they've got the equipment, those really big tow trucks, that they can hook you up and, and get you off the side of the highway. So uh, put this number in your phone. 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. And uh, that way you can call East End Towing. Don't, don't, look, I love the Arkansas State Police, but don't put all your hope in them, all right? They just got a list of tow companies, and they're, they're, in, a, they're in a row, and they'll call one, and if they can't come, they call the next one. Know the people that you're going to deal with. Deal with East End Towing. Again, 501-888-8849. Our government is crazy. Uh, this, ha- this, yeah, this has to do with San Francisco, which is even crazier than what crazy is. Uh, San Francisco's Transgender Guaranteed Income Program what? provides over 130 gender, sexuality, and pronoun options and encourages enrollees to check all that apply. The Guaranteed Income for Transgender People, or GIFT, uh, program will provide 55 economically marginalized transgender people who have a monthly income of less than $600 with a $1,200 a month for a year and a half. Although... There's also always a caveat. Although enrollees can make a maximum of $4,000 a month and still be enrolled in the program according to the program's website. Now, wait a second. 
It said at the beginning, if you have a monthly income of less than six hundred, you can get twelve hundred a month. Well, you can still get that twelve hundred a month if you have a maximum of four thousand dollars. Maybe a month. they'll give you. A, I don't a, get a reduced I, amount. Or something. I have no knows, idea. Sounds like discrimination. You're basically to me. homeless. If you're making that, if you're living in San Francisco and making just about either one of those figures, you're homeless yeah. for the cost of living in San Francisco. But why would you help a certain? group because of their sexual preference and, and not help somebody else because yeah. i mean i thought because all people are created equal because they and all to have well, equal they, they obviously don't believe treated that, but equal. yeah they they believe in discrimination all right pronoun yeah. options on the application include i don't have any idea what this means okay i'm going to read them to you but i have no idea what it means z zim or this zis or Faye, F-A-E, I guess that's how you pronounce it. Fair, F-A-E-R, Fayers, F-A-E-R-S. And Tay, T-E-Y, Tur, T-E-R, and Ters, T-E-R-S. Those are all pronouns that people identify themselves with. If you're giving free money away, somebody will just pick a pronoun. I mean, yeah. If you're giving money away, people will do whatever you incentivize them to do. It's crazy. I'm a myth. It's crazy. I'm an M-I-H. That's him, him backwards. Right? <laughs> just so you know. I'm just saying, yeah, it's crazy. Well, if, it's it silly. If I go to San Francisco, I guess I can just tell them that my uh, my pronouns are your highness. Yeah. What can I tell you? It's, it's, there, there's just no explaining this. The government has your money. And they will spend it as they will see fit, even though maybe you can't, you know, take care of your own family the way you'd like to because they take so much from you. They'll steal your tax dollars and give it to people. That they say need your money, but more than you need your money. And they'll discriminate against people who are sensible. They took a free market. Free market is, I mean, boy, I don't want to go back to to health care again but people with ten thousand dollar deductibles paying a thousand dollars a month for catastrophic insurance and then they're t- taking all our tax money and, and giving it to people that they'll have insurance that don't work yeah, it's, it's just it's, 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 and, it's, and it's that they may not even be able to use because the deductible on it is so high yeah well i asked my doctor who who does you know obamacare work for and he said people that make zero we're the only people it works for, so we're robbing, we're robbing ninety percent of the people that work hard every day for, and rewarding ten percent of the people. That, Probably not uh, even ten percent. And then for those of us who who have high deductibles and maybe we have to pay for stuff out of pocket, it, it drives up prices for us. I think Arkansas cases. Works program was hovering around three hundred to three hundred and fifty thousand people back when I was watching it on a yearly basis. So people are paying. A thousand dollars a month for insurance that used to cost four or five hundred dollars a month, so they can three or four hundred thousand people in Arkansas can get free insurance mm-hmm. or subsidized insurance. Yeah, subsidized. So, so it's just a way for uh, if they the say Democrats, subsidized, it means you're paying it. So it's just a way for the Democrats to outsmart the Republicans and get socialized medicine and and I haven't heard any Republicans talking about killing it or changing it back the way it was before so it's part of the it's cowardice yeah it's it's it's, this is an intellectual cowardice and what we've got 
we've got Republicans who have very strong districts. They don't have uh, – there's not a, a big um, push for them to get ousted because they don't, have, they don't have tight races. I think these guys should be out there preaching it and teaching people, telling, explaining to people why this is wrong – Encouraging people to grow a spine. Well, you it don't. You're not going to get it taught to you in a public school. It would just no, will not, not in be public taught. school. But I want the legislators themselves to go out and be and be preaching it to the people. Free market uh, is what brought us here. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We got to get Bill O'Reilly on with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show on 101.1 FM. The Answer. Hey, don't forget about uh, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. I'm going to have uh, Eric on uh, coming up Wednesday at 9 o'clock. He'll join us on the Dave Ellswick Show. He'll tell you what's hot and what's not. Last thing you want to do, spend a lot of money on a piece of uh, jewelry and find out nobody wears it anymore. You don't want that to happen. And I've got my wife lost one of her stud earrings. The The back came off of it and it worked its way out of the out of her earlobe so uh, i'll be calling you eric just so you know i i need to get a replacement stud uh not a, that didn't sound right i need to get a replacement stud earring <laughs> from my wife all right uh eric uh, not eric but uh, garland ag garland is now named a special counsel to investigate former president trump uh ag merrick garland Aren't you glad that he is not a Supreme Court justice? He almost was. I'm glad that he didn't make it. Uh, this new uh, AG, new special co- uh, 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 prosecutor, he's got a really weird name. It's Jack Smith. He's a, a former war crimes prosecutor and a special counsel overseeing the department's criminal investigation into Trump's handling of U.S. government records after leaving office and his actions related to the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. Uh, Axios is reporting President Trump told Fox News on Friday that he won't partake in the investigation, calling it, quote, the worst politi- uh, politicization of justice in our our country. I've been going through this for six years. For six years, I have been going through this, and I am not going to go through it anymore. Uh, National Review reporting Garland has ignored calls for a special prosecutor for the Bidens. Appointing one for Trump is going to make it harder for him to consider that he doesn't want to have a special prosecutor. It's going to be interesting. Now that the Republicans have the House, they're going to be looking into Hunter Biden. So uh, will the AG say, yeah, we need a special prosecutor? That's one of the problems with our justice system is that when you've got prosecutors that can choose not to prosecute people, it's a problem. Because those of us who, who may know that someone's guilty or have good, solid evidence can present it, and the prosecutor just says, no, we don't want to prosecute. Yeah. It's po- and there's, it's there's, there's nothing we can do about nothing, it. Well, yeah, that's, what, that's what the president's saying, politicization of the system. It's a problem with our system of, of, of the, judicial, the judicial system is that if, if someone is guilty and obviously guilty, but the prosecutor is friends with them or something, 
It's about what party is in control. It, it, it can and, be, or, and, or, or it can be just because who of appointed the 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 last uh, who appointed uh, the AG? FBI. Yeah, who appointed the and last so person? Whether it be the FBI or the DOJ or whoever, it's politics now. Well, it's, it's been politics it's for a long time. They went after the time. Tea Party. The IRS is politics. Right, and, and we're not. So it's we all biased. But part of the problem is that we as citizens don't have standing to bring criminal charges, and that's a fault in the system. I think is that we can we can know someone is guilty, and there can be mountains of evidence, but the politically appointed um, prosecutor or the elected prosecutor can just say nope. We don't want to prosecute. See, Lady Justice, I keep going back. Lady Justice is supposed to have a blindfold on. And she's on. peeking under the blindfold. Yeah, that's exactly right. And she got a thumb under there and looking. Mm-hmm. It's just fair <laughs> and equal. Yeah. Fair and equal. Yeah, supposed right. to be. Exactly. Yeah. No, Unless. It's, it's, it's far from that in many cases, I think. And that's when, when we have contempt for the justice system, it's a problem. That's just like saying the Supreme Court justices are nonpartisan. Well, they don't vote that way. No, it's it's no, just to, if someone comes to you and says, "Well, I'm I'm unbiased," they're they're just a liars. What they are. <laughs> well, it's like looking at the <laughs> Supreme insane. Court of Arkansas. That is a non-party election. Nonpartisan, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, and uh, uh, here's a here's the problem. Uh, you can't call somebody a Democrat or a, a Republican in ads and stuff. Well, what do you call them when one of the justices that just went on went back to the Supreme Court used to be a, a Democrat congressman or a senator, I guess, at one time, and then he ran to be a a, a, a state Supreme Court justice. Well, everybody knew he was a Democrat. Why can't he? I think they should be partisan so that everybody knows you have a, at least a basic starting point kind of to look at somebody and say hmm. and, and i think we need to get rid of this hogwash foolishness where they think where they can claim well we can't talk about those issues like uh, that's that's ridiculous well, carnahan came on and talked about them i mean he couldn't get specific mm-hmm. but he could talk about it and that's and i but i i, I, think I really appreciated chris coming on my show I, and I, talking I, about i want it. judges to get out there and talk to people and say and, and explain to people what does the law mean this is how i understand it i want to know how these guys think i want to know if they're if they're full of well um, you could figure that out with chris you couldn't figure just, that out with robin Wynn because he didn't even want it, people to know that he wasn't a female that it was a guy his name was Robin, but it was a guy. Mm-hmm. He he wanted people that were low, you know, uh, low information, information voters. voters to think they were voting for a woman. Well, we need more women on the Supreme Court. I'll vote for Robin Wynn. And people did. The way it works. Just yeah. keep it in mind. Yeah, it does. His name does sound like a female. It would be a female, right? And if you don't have pictures hanging around, I, I don't know if I ever saw any pictures. I may, I may have seen one or two pictures of him. Well, my really whole thing is that there's some questionable decisions and questionable things that he's done in his past, and none of the TV stations in this state covered the story, and I know they got the story. Hmm. And they refused to cover it, where he covered up evidence when he was... So now you're looking. saying that the media is biased. Huh? Oh, I know they are. I know they are. The, and that's another thing. The one that I'll give credit to is I think Channel 4 tries. Tries. Seven doesn't. Seven. It's not seven on your side. It's seven on Frank's side. That's the way it works over there. It really does. 
I'm, I'm working on a story. I haven't gotten the person to come on to talk about it. Used to work at Channel 7, had a story spiked over there. A spike story means that the, the, the editor or somebody Says above no. him told them, you can't do that story. It's not that it's not true. You just can't do the story. And uh, we're going to get into that deeper here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show, just so you know. Well, pro-life advocates, this according to Town Hall, have sued the uh, FDA after it approved a dangerous abortion pill to be put on the market. According to a lawsuit, four national medical associations for doctors are claiming that the FDA illegally approved the drug knowing it can harm women. The Alliance Defending Freedom, a conservative group, filed a lawsuit in Texas arguing that the FDA did not have the authority to approve the harmful drug uh, Mimfepristonian, I guess is how it's pronounced. Uh, The group uh, alleges that the FDA had to uh, deem pregnancy as an illness and the abortion pill as providing, quote, a meaningful therapeutic benefit, unquote, in order to get them approved so quickly. And we'll see if we can't get the folks on from uh, ADF to talk about this. I, I have some people over there I know. That used to be where Mike, Mike, uh, Michael Ferris was the president. He's, he's since stepped down. He's kind of getting older. Okay. Somebody else has stepped in. So Alliance place. Defending Freedom. For decades, the FDA has not been fulfilling this mission. When it comes to its decisions about chemical abortion drugs, in 2000, the FDA approved chemical abortion drugs by running roughshod over the law and science. Since then, uh, the agency has not followed the science, reversed course, or fixed its mistakes. Instead, it has been dismantling the few safeguards that were in place when the drugs were originally approved. That from the Alliance Defending Freedom. We're talking about a a quote-unquote drug, quote-unquote, is is poison. This This is a drug designed to kill people kill unborn children this is a this is not medication to make people well this is a medic this is a, not we could probably say it's a it's a farce to call it medication yeah this it's is poison. not do no harm this is this is poison kill <laughs> this is designed to kill people um you know we, we've got laws that make it a crime to own various different types of medications that are actually medications like heroin or, or cocaine they're actual medications but it's a crime for you and i to own those things are we going to make it a crime here in Arkansas to own abortion pills that are not medication? They're drugs designed to kill children. They are, they are poison. Well, are, are we going to do that here I, in Arkansas? I would think that we might see the AG, the new AG, get involved in we this. We might. But is the legislature, might get is the legislature going to step up and make it a crime to possess abortion pills when people go to Kansas or some other state to, to get these abortion pills, take them back here to Arkansas and kill their unborn children. Well, the gonna, gonna they, they, step I'm going to tell you this. They won't go after the people. They'll go after the states that is allowing but, them but the to buy them. the problem is that we don't have jurisdiction in, in Kansas. Well, so I think the only only opportunity is to make it illegal to bring them across state lines. Yeah. Something needs to be done. What scares me is, you know, the Democrats, if they can c- continue to control the Senate, are going to, the abortion issue is going to be back. It's not over yet. Oh, no. no. Because people don't realize it's not 
a national policy that you can't get uh, an abortion, that it's, it's not, up it's, to your it, state. It shouldn't be a national policy. Right. Well, we've they're been, going to try to make we've it. We've been one. arguing that, you know, Paul, since the 70s. It's an amazing that we got where we are now, yeah. but don't think they've quit. They will oh, try no. to bring it back. It will try to be a national issue Just look again. at everything they did during the last election. And, and that's, they're, they're promising that. So It's their holy sacrament. So, uh, we need to make sure we're electing people that will will not bow down to it, even if federal dollars are tied to it. It's a human sacrifice. That's what they're they're going to do. All right. We're going to take a break, and then we'll come come back and finish up uh, this uh, beginning of this Thanksgiving week. I'll have another question about Thanksgiving for the guys that are here. When we return on the Dave Ellswick Show, don't forget about Hill, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. I just told you a moment ago, Eric Coleman's going to be on on Wednesday. You'll want to hear what he has to say live and on the air. Uh, he's located at 3000 Cavanaugh, Suite E. He's open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. He won't be open Thursday and Friday this week. Oh, he might be open Friday, but he won't be open on Thursday. 501-246-3655 is his local number. He's got over 40 years of experience. He's got the highest quality of jewelry you can possibly purchase. Large display cases full of that highest quality uh, jewelry. Or you can get a unique creation done by him himself. Estate of jewelry, you got that? You got estate jewelry from a grandparent or a parent? Uh, you can take it in to him and he'll tell you how much it's worth and then you can decide if you want to melt it down and make it into something else. If you want to sell it and take the cash or you want to take cash and then buy some things that's there in his store. He does all your repairs. He does all your cleaning. He's a a one-stop place to go to. That's Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Again, located 3000 Cavanaugh, right here in Little Rock, open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. Here to report about uh, what's going on in the wonderful world of politics out in Alaska, where we don't know who's going to be the senator yet. Oh, they still haven't finished counting their votes out there. Yeah, well, they got this that jungle primary oh, crap going on, which is just ridiculous. Uh, in the Alaska Senate race, where incumbent Lisa Murkowski is projected to win, all absentee ballots should be counted by Wednesday. Wednesday of this week. They're going to finally count all oh, wow. so of the got, absentee ballots. They've got a long drawn uh, And vote tallies from the additional rounds of ranked choice voting will be published then. Interesting. Because, see, if, if you get knocked out and you were, like, number two, then they take all the number two votes and they redisperse them to the different candidates. It's, yeah, it's so crazy. What is, you, you, they give you a... They give you a, a choice of what three or four candidates you yes. rank your first. Like my favorite is this one is Bob Smith, and yeah. my second favorite is Sally Joe, and you go on down to whatever that list is. And then if if fifty percent all fifty percent of people vote for Bob Smith, well Bob Smith gets it. But yeah. if only twenty five percent vote for Bob Smith, and then you whoever start. was the one at the end, he's out, and then, and now you vote again for the top three. No, I think that I don't think you have to vote again, <laughs> but I think they start counting. I don't know how it works. I don't. There's, a, yeah, there's it's, some. It's cra- if you don't know how it works, there's some. Don't expect it. It's fair. Yeah. There's. There's. I'm they, just saying. They, they, they probably know how it works up there, but it's. It sounds maybe. a little bit. Sounds a little bit. They're supposed yeah, to know. They're supposed to know how it works down in Maricopa County as well in <laughs> Arizona, and now that looks like the way that they're talking, <laughs> gonna they're going to have to have another election. Oh, wow. 
Well, That's crazy. what are you going to do on election day when 30% of the machines aren't working? That's crazy. Well, and so that they said that they tested the day before and they didn't have an error. Wow, there's something some, wrong there. Some are suggesting that that maybe we should go back to paper ballots. I don't know if that's reasonable or not. But well, I had uh, Colonel Reynolds on yeah, talking about that. that yeah, as far as that's all, he's he's behind that. Yeah, needs uh, needs all the counties to get behind it. Yeah. Well, right now. We've got machines that are not hooked to anything remote. They're not hooked to the Internet or anything. You can pick your selections, and whenever you print your card out, you know, it says who you voted for. And you can look at your card and verify that it's correct. And then you put it in a machine that counts it electronically. But, so you have. But when they count it electronically, they count the symbol at the barcode. top the barcode right. you have no idea what's in that barcode yeah, we, but if yeah, there we, is a question then you can but there is, the you can go ballots. back and pull them out and they are marked on the bottom what they so are so yeah, you could physically, there is an accountability you could physically system. tally them right by hand. so if you suspect and, and something and that's probably what's maybe what's going on there in conway with the trent minner well, um, race where he he the, i think the end they ended up maybe being 10 votes shy um, and so Minner there's was. a recount, I think. So yes, we'll see what there happens. There is, and, may, and maybe, maybe they'll go back I, through those machines. And I do trust it by electronic hand. machine other than a bunch of people sitting around in a room, you know, going I, through stacks if, of, of if, pile. If I'll if take the, the electronic. If the electronic one. machine has not been tampered with or, or cheated with, yeah, I think the electronics are, are going to be more accurate than hand counting. However, the fact is that people cheat. And we can't put it past people. Well, if you look like Pennsylvania and more people vote than than uh, are registered in the district, <laughs> then you may want to you might come want back to, out and, right. and adjust okay. that. If right. you've got more voters than you have right. registered people to vote, then you may want to get them out. But right. you have signs in business or anything else. You have you have numbers that you watch, and when the numbers right. don't match, you right. go back and review. And, but part of the part of the thing with like in business, though, when we go back and review numbers, we can look at things and we can verify. In voting, you can't do that because we have a secret ballot. And that's one of the problems with a secret ballot is if there's corruption, you can't account for it. You, there's no, no no way to audit it unless it's unless it's like what you said. You have a situation where there were 500 people registered to vote and 523 voted. Well, there's a problem there, obviously. And um, well, you do you do still have the voting ticket that spit it out. That you had the record do, on top. You, you still have you the ticket do, there, and you can look at your ticket you, before you, you run it through the machine. You, you can, assuming they count it through the machine, and then exactly. assuming that machine gets gets um, doesn't have anything added to it exactly. when people aren't watching. And so there's 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 opportunity for corruption, and the fact that it's secret makes it so hard to audit it after the fact. And they don't count them here in Arkansas. And we don't give people the death penalty you know that? when they get caught. Well, I tell you what, you could make it the number whenever you vote. You could add the last few numbers, your Social Security number on it. I, it wouldn't bother me that and when they research it and they wanted to do an audit to say, okay, we're going to do an audit, call in these 50 people, and we're going to get their cards and, and check and make sure that well, and the it, machine that, and is And that would get rid of the secret it. ballot, which I'm okay with, actually. I think sure. I'd be okay with getting rid of the secret ballot. That way you can actually audit the system. But, you know, you could also just go ahead and publish it, and then you can look up on the on the website and say, oh, yeah, I voted just like that, and it's accurate. Well, it's interesting that you're talking about this because in the last hour of the show today at 9.06, Hans von Spakowski <laughs> is going to come on from the Heritage Foundation, and we're going to talk about absentee ballots and early voting and all of that. 
And should Republicans be looking more at those things so that they have an election that perhaps doesn't allow the Democrats to jump out to those huge leads at the very beginning of the election? So we'll talk about that. And then in the 935 half hour, Dick Morris going to stop by and going to talk about the last election. And we'll talk about him about 20 uh, 24. That's all coming your way. We'll pick that up at 9 o'clock. We're going to talk about your money when we leave here. And I want to tell uh, R.D. and Paul to have a very happy uh, Thanksgiving, Thank you, even though you already ate yours, uh, Paul. You know, maybe maybe I can still, find somebody to still, invite me to have another one. You're still going to have a Thanksgiving because it is on Thursday, whether you like it or not. Maybe I can be thankful again. We all have right. a lot to be thankful for. We do. We do. Be back with you here at 9 o'clock on the Dave Ellswick Show. Monday show, Thanksgiving week show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Dave Ellswick back in the uh, the seat again with you. And uh, I told you that I would try to get somebody on that had uh, really good knowledge about what the Democrats are doing as far as elections go. Mail-in ballots, ballot harvesting, all of that kind of stuff. And uh, I've read more than A few articles over the last week uh, dealing with uh, people uh, saying that Republicans have to understand you can't you can't play the game where you're waiting for one uh, day to vote on. Basically, you got to look at early voting and, and all the rest because the Democrats run out to a real big lead on us on early voting. And that young people tend to like the whole early boat voting thing and the, the mail-in ballots and the, uh, the ballot harvesting and whatnot. So when you're looking for the best, you get the best. And Hans von Spakowski is going to join us from the Heritage Foundation. We've had him on many a time. He's the senior legal fellow and manager of the Election Law Reform Initiative at the Heritage Foundation. He's also got a new book out. Christmas time, folks. Christmas time. Uh, think about our broken elections, how the left changed the way you vote. So, Hans, let's jump right in on all of this. I look at Alaska right now. Alaska doesn't have a senator elected that they need elected. And they're telling me in all the news articles that I'm reading, they won't have the count done until Wednesday. And I just don't get it. What's going on here? Well, part of the problem in Alaska is that they switched the entire state to this boondoggle called ranked choice voting. And it's this really odd system that that mostly people on the left are pushing um, that leads to multiple counts of ballots. And what I mean by that is if, if, for example, you have three candidates in a race, 
or five candidates in a race. When you go in uh, the voting booth, you don't vote for one candidate, the person you think ought to, ought to win. You're supposed to, as the voter, rank all of the candidates. So you're supposed to say, who's your first choice? Who's your second? Who's your third? All the way to however many um, uh, candidates there are in the race. Now, if on the first count, no candidate gets 50% plus one, in, in other words, not, nobody gets the majority, <laughs> what, what the election officials are supposed to do is um, whichever candidate got the least votes and who was the first choice of voters, their first choice ballots are thrown out and their second choice now becomes their first choice and they recount all the ballots. Oh, my now, does God. Does that sound confusing? Yes, does it does. confusing and chaotic? That's yeah. the system That's the system they put in in Alaska. Now, they barely put it in. It, it was in a referendum. I think a lot of voters didn't realize what they were voting for when it was approved. And I think, I think it was ultimately approved by, like, one or two percentage points. So it's a stupid bad system, one that actually ends up disenfranchising lots of voters, but that's the system they're using in Alaska. All right, so now the people that live up in Alaska are going to have to figure out a way to re-vote on this so they can get it out of there. Yes, that's right, and uh, to to give an example how bad it is, remember the the mayor's race they had in New York City uh, last year? Um, it took, they had like 10 people running in the race, and they had to do, I think it was it was either eight or nine recounts to figure out who was the winning candidate in that election. And by the time they got to the last recount, they had thrown out the ballots of 140,000 voters who hadn't ranked all of the candidates in the race. Oh, my gosh. All right, so, okay, so we got that. Now we've got also, and we've had for a few years now, early voting. The people in Pennsylvania, i got to think, are wishing they didn't have early voting because they didn't get to see Fetterman do uh, fall apart on stage, basically, during his uh, uh, debate with, uh, uh, who, who was it, uh, the guy who was running against him now. Yeah, Doctor Oz. Doctor Oz. Oz did fantastic. Right. Ran rings around him, and nobody. A lot of people had already voted. Yeah, and that's that's the real big problem with early voting. You have people voting before they really are fully informed on voters, and we we saw that what happened in Pennsylvania with that. But look, it's a really a problem during primary season. Uh-huh. And I would remind I would remind folks that remember in March of uh, 2020, the last presidential race, um, we had what we always call Super Tuesday. Right? We've got about a dozen states that all have primaries on Super Tuesday. Two days, two days before Super Tuesday in 2020. Um, remember, there was still a very hot Democratic uh, presidential primary race going on. And two of the candidates in that, uh, Pete Buttigieg uh, and, and uh, uh, Senator um, Klobuchar, dropped out of the, the race two days before Super Tuesday. If you look at the votes cast for them on Super Tuesday early, 
they literally received hundreds of thousands of votes from people who had voted early, which means every single one of them wasted their votes. Right. Because by the time Election Day came around, they'd already voted, but their candidates were no longer in the race. And that's just a real problem with early voting. Yeah, it is a it is a bad problem. There's no doubt about it. I don't like it. I have to admit, here in Arkansas, we get two weeks early, and uh, typically I'll I'll vote early if I know is exactly there's nobody you could change my mind on. Uh, at that point, that I'll go ahead and early vote. If there is, I wait, and I'll wait until election day. All right. Now the big. The big articles I've been reading deal with mail-in ballots and ballot harvesting. Now, both of these things are Republicans and conservatives hate both of those terms. We don't want anything to do with it. But as I've been reading, it's like, hey, if you don't start playing the game the way that they're playing the game, don't expect to, to, to win these elections. Well, folks are probably right about that. Um, if that's the rules in your state, why, yeah, you need to deal with those rules. That doesn't mean, however, that at the same time you're practically dealing with them with uh, upcoming elections, that you shouldn't be doing everything you can in your state legislature to change the rules to, for example, ban. Uh, it, you know, the left likes to call it vote harvesting because that, that has a good sound to it. But what's really going on is vote trafficking. Okay. For folks who, do, for folks who don't understand what this means is, um, look, in about half the states, they have a very wise policy. They say, look, if you're going to vote by with an absentee ballot, you can either mail it back, you, the voter, or a member of your family can personally deliver it to election officials or a designated caregiver if, you know, if you're ill. But they don't allow third-party strangers to come to your home to say, hey, I'll, I'll take your ballot and deliver it, but about half the states do, like California. Well, what does that mean? Look, that means that people who have a stake in the outcome of the election, for whom a ballot is a valuable commodity, like candidates, uh, party activists, um, political consultants, have the ability to get their hands on your ballot. Uh, what could be more reckless than that? Particularly because, remember, these are the only kind of, of uh, ballots that are cast outside the supervision of election officials and outside the observation of poll watchers, which means what? It means that when those folks come to your door, they can try to pressure and coerce you, the voter, to vote a particular way. And, and that's not going to happen in a polling place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. Exactly. You're barred from doing that. But there's nobody there to police that at people's homes. So allowing vote uh, vote trafficking, trafficking is a bad idea. Anybody who thinks it's a great idea, uh, just take a look at four years ago at the ninth congressional district race in North Carolina. That was overturned by a state board of elections. Why? Well, because a political consultant and his staff. We're going to people's homes and taking their absentee ballots, oftentimes filling them out instead of the voter filling them out, forging signatures of voters, forging signatures of witnesses. And they they basically stole enough ballots to overturn that very close election. So, Hans, how how is it that 
we as the uh, you know the electors we're the people who are voting got ourselves into this mess with all of these new forms of uh, of voting uh, for candidates well a lot of instances it was legislators being convinced that somehow this was a good idea uh, not thinking about or realizing the the consequences of doing it, of doing it and it's just like with absentee ballots no look nobody I don't think, and nobody disputes that you need uh, a limited form of an absentee ballot for people who are, you know, too disabled or too sick to make it to a polling place. But the idea of just allowing anybody to vote with it when it when they're so much more insecure than regular voting, or the idea that's now going on in states like Nevada of simply mailing out an absentee or mail-in ballot to every registered voter, whether they've requested or not, is a foolish idea, particularly when you realize how bad a state uh, registered voter lists are in in many states, Nevada being a particular example of one, because what does that mean? It means, again, you've got ballots arriving all over the place in huge piles at apartment buildings, condos, and other places where people don't live anymore, and yeah, honest people will hopefully throw those away, but dishonest folks are going to collect those up and try to vote them. It really is amazing when you think about the mess we've allowed ourselves to get into. Uh, Hans has a new book out called Our Broken Elections, How the Left Changed the Way You Vote. Uh, it, I'm going to suggest to you that you read this. You need to understand what's going on. And I'm beginning to understand what writers are meaning when they write these articles that are saying you better – if they're allowing it, if they're making it legal in your state, you you better be playing by that game or you're going to get beat. We're going to come back and we're going to talk further about this. I want to talk to Hans a little bit about uh, Arizona. It seems like to me over the weekend what I was hearing is that there's some people that are now saying that perhaps they need to have a, another election for governor in, Ar- or in, pardon me, in Arkansas, in Arizona, uh, because of uh, all these machines that broke down in just Maricopa County uh, in Arizona. We'll talk about that here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Plus, we'll talk about what what, uh, former President Trump said in his speech that he can't do anything about. We'll talk about it when we come back, 919 on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Billy Mack. Billy Mack wants you to know all about uh, security and how you can secure your home. These are. Uh, this is the group ICU Protection that takes care of the uh, the nuke reactor out there, at Nuke One. And if they can protect the nuke reactor, they can protect your home, and they can protect your small business, and they can save you money while they're doing it. Door and window sensors, indoor outdoor cameras, motion detection, all of that's available on either a home or on a uh, on a business. Great security, great alarm systems, great monitoring, and you'll be safe. And, of course, with the the, the extra crime we've got going on here uh, in central Arkansas, the additional murders that we've had in central uh, uh, Arkansas, you want to make sure you're safe inside your, home, your own home. Uh, 
pay for the service with uh, ICU pro- uh, protection. Here's what I tell you won't happen. They'll come out. They'll say you need this many na- uh, door sensors, this many window sensors, how many cameras you want. You talk about that. And then uh, they say, okay, you want four cameras. You want, uh, let's say, 30 door and window sensors put in. Uh, I need you to write me a check for uh, $467.27, and that will cover the equipment. That will not happen with ICU. The way they do it, Billy Mack could tell you, they'll put the equipment in, and you get it absolutely free. Billy Mack's been on my show. He will tell you that it takes four years for him to make a, a profit off of off of you because all you have to do is pay for the service. Call Billy Mack. Call ICU Protection. Find out why they, they are the best at 501-205-1333. Find out why I have ICU Protection on my home. That's 501-205-1333. ICU Protection back with you. Hans von Spakowski is our guest from the Heritage Foundation. He's the senior legal fellow and manager of the Election Law Reform Initiative at the Heritage Foundation. He also has a book out, Our Broken Elections, How the Left Changed the Way That You Vote. Before I get to Arizona and before I get to President Trump, let me ask this question of you, Hans. So they're saying that we should change the way, if, if, they're, if they're voting this way, with uh, absentee ballots and ballot harvesting or whatever, what are the Republicans supposed to do? They're they're saying that we have to get away from uh, just worrying on Election Day. We've got to get started as early as the other side. Would you agree with that? Uh, Yeah, I would. But again, that doesn't change the fact that I think we should uh, reduce the amount of time of early voting and go back to a system of absentee ballots where you need a real excuse to use an absentee ballot like that you're too sick or or too too disabled uh, to be able to make it into a polling place. Other than that, no, you should should have to vote in person. But in the meantime, look, if if you're in a state that I think unwisely has allows early voting to start a month, a month and a half before Election Day, Look, candidates clearly need to work on their, remember, Dave, you know this, it used to be with just one election day, campaigns spent the bulk of their money, their get-out-the-vote campaigns, their intense effort to get people out to vote, they would spend that money in the couple of days before election day. That's right. Well, if you're now in a state that has early voting for a month prior to election day, uh, you had better being you may you had better as a candidate uh, be putting in that same kind of intense get out the vote effort over the entire month prior to election day and what's unfortunate about that is remember people are always complaining about how expensive it is how much money it costs to run for office well early voting is going to make that much much more expensive because you're going to have to have enough money, like I said, to have an intense get-out-the-vote effort for a whole month before Election Day. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, we, we've got about three minutes left. Let me ask this one question, and then are you available to stay with us maybe an, an extra five minutes? 
I, no, I can't. I, I unfortunately okay. have to. Uh, I have to head out. Everybody wants you. Everybody wants you. What can I say? Okay, so let's talk about Arizona. There, there seems to be some talk about having a secondary vote. Do you think that's going to happen? Well, not unless um, the losing candidate or candidates uh, can appear before a judge and produce evidence that there was enough mistakes or errors or wrongdoing to call the outcome of the election into effect, uh, uh, into question. And I don't know whether that whether that's there or not insufficient um, uh, uh, sufficiently to meet the standards of local judges out there. Now, I will say I'm not surprised at how badly Maricopa County, which is the largest county, run ran its elections, because remember, Maricopa County had huge problems two years ago in the presidential election. Mm-hmm. And when the state legislature wanted to conduct an audit, an audit, you know, that's routinely done in the business world. And an audit could look at what happened, determine any potential problems, and then fix them. Right. So they wouldn't happen again in another election. And what did Maricopa County election officials do? They did everything they could to fight and resist an audit, to refuse to provide cooperation information uh, with the auditors. Uh, they didn't want an audit to happen. Um, uh, and and do we? And so once again, we have problems two years later because they also just ignored the report when it finally came out because they said, "Oh, we just don't believe anything in this audit." So they clearly didn't fix the problems that now have caused chaos and confusion once again. I, why should we be surprised? Yeah, I'm with you. We're out of time, Hans. I'll call. I'll call back and and. I'll get you on the phone, and I'll record something with you uh, later on, and I can just play it back on my show. But I appreciate your time. You are well aware of everything that's going on, and uh, I trust you to lead us correctly. Thank you very much for your time today. Thanks, Dave, and hey, happy Thanksgiving. Same thing to you. Don't overeat. That's a false promise. All right. Have a good time. All right. Hans von Spakowski here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Final 25 minutes, let me remind you that next Monday I will not be here. Uh, Nick Horton will fill in for me, and we'll do Monday's show. I'm taking an extra day for Thanksgiving holiday, so I'll be off Thursday, Friday. Then, of course, my normal weekend, and then on Monday. So uh, that's the way it's going to be worked out, and Nick will be here on Monday. I don't know who he's going to have on with him. It won't be the power panel. It'll be his guests, and I give guys to fill in for me and gals to fill in for me all the uh, kind of – you know, leeway they need to do the show that they're most comfortable with. All right, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich said today that Republican leader Kevin McCarthy, Republican of California, would be right to remove Democrats Omar, Schiff, and uh, Swalwell from their committee assignments. McCarthy said yesterday, and I was watching the show, in fact, uh, that he would take the action when he becomes Speaker of the GOP-controlled House. He was on uh, uh, with um, Maria Bartoloma yesterday, 
I'm trying to think that uh, it is uh, 9 to 10 o'clock, and I was watching the show uh, before I went to church, so uh, catching on what's going on. Here's what Newt had to say, uh, say about this. I think Nancy Pelosi set the precedent uh, for this. She did something that had never been done before and reached into the minority party to decide who could and could not serve on some committees. Remember January 6th? Uh, they put together that whole uh, show and, you know, dog and pony show that they were doing. Uh, and uh, she said, uh, I'll pick which of the uh, Republicans uh, can be on the party. And she ended up getting, you know, Liz Cheney and Kinziger out of Illinois. Uh, I think uh, Kevin McCarthy, said uh, Newt, is uh, following her precedent. So the Democrats have nothing to complain about because they started this dance. And frankly, the three people that he's picked so far totally deserve to be kicked off of the committees. It's unbelievable Adam Schiff made a career out of lying to the American people while serving as chairman of the Intelligence Committee without any question. Just plain, flat out Lying. We know that now. We know that he lied to you. We know that he lied to me and everybody else. Swalwell has had a relationship with a Chinese communist who they know uh, as well has a ties to, uh, to espionage. Uh, that's unimaginable for somebody who's going to have security clearances and, of course, Omar is a viciously anti-Israel, anti-Semitic orator who has consistently violated the norms of civilized behavior. So I think those are three pretty good targets. And I commend the Speaker-designate McCarthy for taking them head on. So uh, keep that, uh, keep all of this in mind. I, 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 to be honest with you, I can think of nobody better to be removed in these three. I mean, seriously, I want you to think about that. Swalwell dated this this Chinese girl, uh, and, you know, what, what passed between them for pillow talk, all right? I mean, you can't even get a security clearance uh, in the military if you have the background that this guy had, and still he got... Uh, some of the highest clearances possible from Pelosi and the Democrats. He shouldn't be able to get it. He should be out. Shouldn't be able to be able to even hear any kind of, of uh, you know, uh, security information that is uh, uh, questionable that he won't let it get out. And then, you know, Omar, we all know about her and how she hates Israel and what she has to say about Jewish people. Uh, and we know what she's done. But Adam Schiff, I mean, if I had number two behind Pelosi that I was looking forward to seeing, you know, leave, it would be Adam Schiff. I mean, that guy is uh, the squirreliest little uh, dude that I've ever watched, and he lies like a, a rug and has lied like a rug for years now. The whole, you know, Russia, Russia, Russia thing was pushed forward and pushed uh, forward uh, by by him. I mean, he is as greasy as they come, 
And I'm glad that uh, McCarthy's not going to let him be on that. Uh, you know, he's not going to have any kind of position of power. And that's the way it should be. And again, it can be that way because Pelosi is the one who said, hey, I'll decide who in the minority party, read Republicans, uh, can serve on these committees. And so, um, you know, McCarthy now is saying, well, you know, tit for tat, this is is the way it works. Uh, You started it. We'll continue it on now. And uh, these three are out. Uh, at least they didn't take out the whole party uh, when it came like to a January 6th kind of uh, committee. But we'll see about that as well. He might. He might do it. And uh, I, I'd be all, I'd be, be honest with you, I'd be for it. And let the left scream like little stuck pigs all they want to. And just... Uh, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, as they said. And uh, I'm glad that uh, we're uh, we're standing up against them as far as uh, that's uh, considered. All right. Uh, we got about uh, a little over 10 minutes left. Let's get our break in, get it out of the way, and then I'll be back to finish up this half hour, tell you a little bit about what's coming up the rest of the week as we continue on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let me tell you what was going on in Chicago over the weekend. If you said, Dave, I bet you there were some shootings over the weekend in Chicago. You get a gold star. Nice job. Get a gold star. Here's what went down. Shootings over the weekend in Chicago. And people don't care. If they care, they'd stop this stuff. They'd get serious about it. They don't do anything about it. They just let people shoot each other. They They really don't care. They saw more than a dozen victims, including a 15-year-old girl who was out in front of her home, standing on the sidewalk, and got shot in the head and killed. The violence occurred between 6 p.m. on Friday evening and midnight on Sunday. That according to the Chicago police data. In total, there were 15 reported shooting incidents and 20 shooting victims which included at least three juveniles. Police said at least three people were murdered in the weekend gun violence. Among those fatally shot was the teenage girl who was with a group of people when a male offender approached on foot and opened fire at them approximately at 11.40 Sunday night. Then you had a 44-year-old male who was struck in the chest and pronounced dead at a hospital. A 39-year-old male was uh, struck in his left leg, was hospitalized in critical condition. In a separate shooting that unfolded hours earlier, a 31-year-old male suffered a gunshot wound uh, under his uh, left arm in the 3100 block of West Madison. He died at a hospital while another victim, a 44-year-old male, was wounded in the right uh, buttock and hospitalized in good condition. Among the wounded were two 17-year-old males who were shot just before 11 in the morning Saturday in the uh, 3800 block of South Archer. One teen was shot in the back and lower back, while the other teen was shot in his right shoulder and right foot, both 
have been hospitalized. Last weekend, police said there were 26 shooting incidents. So this this was, uh, you know, subnormal. 28 shooting victims and six murders in the Windy City. It, 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 I just don't get why the people of Chicago don't raise enough cane with this mayor to, to get things uh, stopped and get it done as far as that's concerned. Well, Disney made some changes. Uh, the uh, Bob Iger has returned as uh, the CEO of the Walt Disney Company after less than a year in retirement to share his sword on the development. The company's board announced Iger's stunning return Sunday night and said that Bob uh, Chapik, who succeeded Iger in 2020, had stepped down from the position. He got pushed off the ladder, is what happened. He didn't step down willingly, I'm sure. The board has concluded that as Disney embarks on an increasingly complex period of industry transformation, Bob Iger is uniquely situated to lead the company through this pivotal uh, period, board chair Susan Arnold said in a statement. Iger was Disney's CEO from 05 to 2020, then served as the company's executive chairman through 2021 before retiring. Iger now returns as CEO for two years. Uh, quote, we thank Bob Chappick for his service to Disney over his long career, including navigating the company through the unprecedented challenges of the pandemic, Arnold said. Mr. Iger has the deep respect of Disney's senior leadership team, most of whom he worked closely with until his departure as executive chairman 11 months ago. And he is greatly admired by Disney employees worldwide, all of which will allow for a seamless transition of leadership. Iger said he was optimistic about Disney's future and thrilled to be back as CEO. Quote, Disney and its incomparable brands and franchises hold a special place in the hearts of so many people around the globe, most especially in the hearts of our employees, whose dedication to this company and its mission is an inspiration, Iger said in a statement. I'm deeply honored to be asked to again lead this remarkable team with a clear mission focused on creative excellence to inspire generations through unrivaled, bold storytelling. Under Iger in his previous tenure, uh, tenure uh, as CEO, Disney acquired Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilm, and 21st Century Fox. He also oversaw the launch of Disney+. Plus. Iger's return comes after Disney posted lower-than-expected results for its fiscal fourth quarter, and they were significant. They lost a lot of money. And when it comes to, you know, pronouns and and everything else that uh, they were trying to do at Disney, when it starts affecting the bottom line, you're in trouble. And it started bothering the bottom line. As I... As I have said uh, on this show before, it's the bottom line or the unemployment line. 
You make the choice. Some of the people uh, who were tweeting in after this said, Simple, less woke and gender confusion, grooming of children. Uh, Wheezy Geezer said that Iger started this downward spiral for Disney, so he's not going to be any help to come back. Disney needs to go back to family values. Don't hold your breath. Uh, you'll pass. You'll pass out, and your body will start breathing again. But you're only lucky that it'll kick into it. Disney kicked my family out of their stores for refusing to wear a government submission mask, and they are actively pushing concepts that align more with pedophiles than with traditional American culture. The, that company is dead to me, and won't see a single dime out of my wallet. For a long, long time to go. And then uh, Trevor says, DeSantis won. I bet Disney losing their staff governing status in Florida was a factor. And then uh, Iger brought the uh, woke zealots into Disney. They're going to double down on their uh, ideology uh, in the future. I will say this. Uh, I think that Iger realizes he can't allow that to happen. He will have to keep that from happening. And uh, I'm not expecting uh, woke, wokeism to, to move any further. If it does, uh, watch uh, what happens uh, with their uh, stock prices because they will continue to uh, go down. So... Uh, a piece of op-ed today on Fox News says uh, defending marriage will Senate Republicans display courage and uphold uh, the truth. And uh, let me just give you this from Chip Roy uh, and Ryan Anderson. Ryan Anderson, a a member of the uh, Heritage Foundation. In late July, the House of Representatives gaveled in and within hours rushed through legislation that purported to codify the findings of Ogilfell versus Hodges in its 2015 redefinition of marriage. Rather than defend the institution of marriage, many Republicans chose to run for the hills, calling the move a political stunt, opting to criticize only the absence of regular order or a semblance of the legislative process in lieu of defending a basic natural truth. Worse yet, Senate Republicans seem even more bent on surrendering than before the election when a handful of Republican senators announced their support for redefining marriage. Now a window-dressing compromise amendment that simply restates that people of faith have existing religious liberty and conscience protections in the Constitution and federal law threatens to provide the 60 votes necessary for passage. Simply regurgitating that which already exists does not and will not stop the radical left from dragging good people through the court system and a public tarring and feathering in the media for those simply living their lives in fidelity to God. It's bad enough that five members of the Supreme Court wrongly claim that the U.S. Constitution requires a new definition of marriage. 
But if the Senate votes to codify this redefinition of marriage, all it will do is add fuel to the fire of those harassing and penalizing citizens and organizations that hold to the truth about marriage. The Senate bill pays lip service to religious liberty and conscience rights, for it does not offer any meaningful protections for those rights. Had the Senate sponsors wanted to, they could have explicitly stated that no individual or organization could be penalized by the government for operating according to the conviction that marriage unites husband and wife, particularly that the IRS may not strip any such organization of its nonprofit status. But the bill offers no such protections. It is not a compromise, not even a bad compromise. It enshrines a false definition of marriage in our law and then tells people they can have their day in court if and when they get sued. That's not public policy for the common good. Republican senators must hold strong and defend what is true and good. Marriage is a natural and supernatural institution before it is a political institution. Human law should reflect the natural law and eternal law. No senator should vote to allow the government to redefine what marriage is. Marriage serves as the cultural pace car that both determines and reflects the health of American society and culture at large. The future of this country depends on the future of marriage. Marriage is a natural institution that predates government. It is based on anthropological truths that men and women are distinct and complementary. It is based on a biological fact that reproduction requires both a man and a woman. And it is based on a social reality that children deserve both a mother and a father. Or, as Pope Francis once said, that children have a right to a mother and a father. Marriage increases the odds that a man will be committed to both the children that he helps create and to their mother. Because it is so vital to our society, and especially its most vulnerable members, marriage is not something that can be legislated about in a day without consequences. In the seven years since the Supreme Court short-circuited a natural conversation on marriage, American culture has changed at a breakneck speed. Remember, we talked about this, about talking about deviancy, always goes lower and lower and lower. All right, take a break. I'll be back with you again tomorrow. We'll start it at 6 a.m. Don't forget, we'll have the Bible guys on at 7. We'll talk about overpopulation at 9. That's just a couple of things that we'll cover tomorrow on the Dave Ellswick Show. Have a great day.
Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.